Hi friends, my name is Morgan and this is We Round Up to 30. Hi friends and welcome back to We Round Up to 30. On this week's episode in this economy, um, we're going to be talking about what it's like being a woman in in my case, a wife in 2022 and dealing with self-imposed society, expectations, guilt I feel, and things like that. Again, I apologize if this episode's out late. I was sick last week and been playing catch-up. This episode came out a little later than I wanted to as well. So, let's get started. As we all know, Women have not always gotten the uh, best uh, draw when it comes to society and things like that. Though women make up 47.7% of the global workforce in 2022, we're still not making the same salary. Um, In 2020. Women leaving the workforce actually accounted for 63% of all the jobs lost due to COVID. This was due in part from one in four women considering leaving due to childcare needs. In most cases, women are viewed as the default caregiver, whether that's for their spouse, their parents, their children, their siblings. We are seen as the caretaker roles, therefore, when things (laughs) kind of hit the fan, a lot of times we're looked at to pick up the pieces. When looking at those same decisions for men, only one in five considered making the same decision. And a lot of that is due to the gender pay gap. In 2022, still 2022, There is a gender pay gap in 94% of occupations where women make 83 cents on every dollar a man makes. When you look at this gap for mothers, it's 74 cents to the dollar. So not only are we not getting the same opportunities and things like that, we're not getting paid as much for doing the same job. And we are expected to brewing home the bacon, and fry it up in a pan. So that comes with a lot of guilt and confusion and expectations that I don't know how much our society putting those on me and how much I've put there myself. Don't get me wrong. My husband (laughs) could care less whether, well maybe not say care less, but He definitely does not think that this is a, I have to do all of the quote-unquote womanly duties. But as TikTok likes to call it, the feminine urge in me makes me feel like I should be the one that is doing all of these things. Because it is a way of showing love and showing people that you care and are thinking about them. So it's been difficult. Some things that I've struggled with and some of them I've kind of accepted, others I'm still working on that, are topics like always needing to be looking 100% put together. My mom growing up 
no matter if we were running to Walmart, <laughs> to the post office, or to do just random errands, needed to look put together. So that was not just throwing on whatever clothes you wanted to and your hair up in a bun and no makeup. No, throw on at least some mascara, maybe a little bit of lip gloss and look a little put together, run a brush through your hair. On other days, that was a full face of makeup and hair. So that's definitely something I have worked really hard to unlearn. I'm becoming much more comfortable in every person in every space does not need or has earned a full face of makeup from me because my natural state is more than enough. When you think about a man, most of them don't think about needing to throw on some makeup, make sure their hair is perfectly styled, and their outfit is perfectly coordinated before they go out the door. Now, most of them throw on a t-shirt and shorts if it were on the ground and maybe run a brush through their hair. Now, does that for all? No. Am I generalizing? Yes. But these are definitely thoughts that have ran through my head. And a lot of that I do feel like is because of the time that I was going through puberty and growing up where a lot of the things that we kind of ingest and embody, we learn during that time because that is when we are being taught and kind of the first time we're exposed to this is what you need to do to be accepted into society. So that's been a tough one. <laughs> Others are, how the heck, after working a full day, come home and make sure your house is completely spotted and be the, the 1950s housewife and have the dinner cooked and ready on the table for when your, your spouse comes home. When more than likely they come home at the same time as you, also worked a full day, and you're both just as tired as the other. And though I never would blame him or be frustrated with my husband if he had said, oh, I'll cook dinner tonight and then come home and say, I'm exhausted. I had an awful day at work. Can I please not cook? I feel so much shame and apprehension when I ask for the same grace. A lot of times that's because it's the third time that I've made a promise that I would cook and it still hasn't happened. And... Yes, there is an element of I need to pull my fair share of the responsibilities and things like that because in a partnership, you do need to find a system that works for you because everyone's different that is a fair, maybe fair is not the right word, an equitable distribution of the quote-unquote labor that goes into being a household. So find what that looks like for you. Some people will do a chore draft list. Others will just say, well, look around and see what needs to happen. And I see that and I do see what needs to happen, but there are just some days that I have run out of every spoon to give. <laughs> and Cooking dinner is the last thing that I, if it were up to me, I'd either order out or 
have sleep for dinner because that's all I have energies left for at the end of the day. And I feel like I'm not living up to my responsibilities when I do that. And yes, I know to an extent I'm not because I do believe if you say you're going to do something, you should follow through on it. But then life happens sometimes. So sometimes you have to adjust your expectations and things like that. And that has been something in the last mm, several months, honestly, I have been struggling with the most because when one area of your life is kind of depleting your energy, you, you can't fill these other areas. And so I've been trying to say yes to everyone and do for everyone and that leaves me depleted at the end of the day and then I feel guilty that I cannot continue to give and help in those areas that are very stereotypical women's duties areas and so it's caused a lot of I wouldn't say stress but difficulty reckoning with and deciding am I good enough which is something I struggle with a lot anyway Uh, we kind of talked about that last week with the imposter syndrome episode but it is difficult because there are several circles within our life that one can be measured as if they are a quote-unquote good or successful person. And those circles include work or school, depending on where you're at in your life, family, relationships, and then just kind of the et cetera category. So are you, do you litter? Are you nice to people on the street? Do you tip your wait staff? Are you polite to servers? Those areas. And I'm finding in a couple of my circles, I just feel like I keep running up against the same walls of, am I stacking up? Like I said, we kind of talked about the work circle last week with the imposter syndrome. And I do think slightly shifting focuses from that circle will probably kind of two birds, one-ish stone, if you will my issues but that's easier said than done I know in dealing with the stresses and the anxieties that come along with work are taking up a lot of my mental load and if I could free that aspect it would leave more energy and excitement and time to fill cups in other circles which is a goal I'm working on, but what do you do in the interim? How do you not constantly be racked with guilt and anxiety of, oh goodness, are they going to get sick of me always having to ask for help or always not being a quote-unquote good wife? And no, this episode's not going to relate to everyone, and I'm sorry about that. I do try to be more universal to an extent not not fake not phony but this is definitely something that I've been experiencing so maybe this one's not your cup of tea 
So listen, maybe there's something you can take from it. If not, there'll be other episodes. I promise they won't all be about being a wife, but that is an aspect of my life. I don't feel like we need to make small niche aspects of our life our entire brand, aka uh, if anyone was on TikTok a couple months ago, the Ned Fulmer wife guys. Um, no, I'm not a, I'm not a, I, <laughs> I am a wife, but when you're running through your life resume, it is a box that's on mine and I'm rambling now. I'm sorry, but these are things that kind of keep me up at night is how do you do it all? Because that is one of my biggest struggles, finding the energy and the time to be everyone for every everything for everyone and I know that's unrealistic and it shouldn't happen but I do wish I could be enough for the key people in my life and I'm sure if I asked them they would say I am but I don't know that's definitely an insecurity that I have and not one that's necessarily based in anything I think that's a lot of the times true with anxieties and insecurities, but because of messaging that has been targeted to people, um, I definitely saw it a lot growing up and coming into being a young woman. If you are not X, Y, and Z, your spouse is going to get sick of you and leave you. And that is an anxiety I didn't think I would have and it's weird because I do love my husband and I know he loves me and we're very good at showing our appreciation and our love for each other but I still have that nagging anxiety in the corner of my brain that I just can't get to go away and I've talked with friends, um, and some have echoed the same thing of, it is a struggle, and maybe that's just the time I'm in, and I'm just trying to figure it out. I've been married for less than a year now, so maybe it's just part of that growing pains. I like to say, with any new project, it takes three years to make true effective change. So I'm in my first year, and a lot of mistakes get made and you learn a lot and then in year two you implement the changes that you've learned from that first year and then that third year you're just rocking so maybe that's where I'm at I'm in that awkward growing pains year where I'm still trying to figure it out but gosh it's exhausting trying to argue with myself of no, I do not have to be perfect always, and I am no less lovable because I am not perfect. But, oh, that feeling is there, and it is a struggle. And I wish sometimes I could turn off that voice in my head that is not mine. It is other voices that have been provided to me, whether they are from the media or comparing myself to others that I feel like are 
doing it much better than myself or quote unquote examples that I've seen from other people that are not in my shoes. So why am I comparing myself against them? But it's definitely the feeling that I have. And I don't think I have an answer for this one. That that makes this episode hard. I like to maybe not have an answer, but something as a takeaway. And I definitely feel more lost um, on this topic. So I think my biggest thing in this one is just looking for some community in this. Does anyone else feel the same way? That's a, there's some comfort in that of the I'm not alone factor. Because your insecurities make you feel very alone and like you're the only person in the world who's ever felt this way. And no one will ever understand what you're talking about because how could they? They're not in your shoes. And so I guess where I'm going to work on this is setting some short-term goals. And I think one is setting more realistic expectations. I've kind of started that with the needing to be perfect as far as my appearance goes. Now, I still have that nagging voice in the back of my head that I hear sometimes. And I argue back at that voice and say, well, do they expect men to do the same thing? And that helps in that arena a little. So maybe I need to find an argument for that, for this other voice of you're not enough. Because... That is a loud voice in my head. And so I think a good short-term goal is saying, I am doing my best today, and that is more than enough. Because there is no possibility or physicality where we can do more than our best. That is a, to be frank, a capitalistic BS that's been fed to us of do 110%. We only have 100% of ourselves to give at any given point in time. Now, what 100% is varies from day to day. Some days, you only have 30% of your full quote-unquote capabilities. But give that 30%. Other days, you're going to be rocking at 90. So yeah, you're going to be able to get more done on those days. But still be kind to yourself on those days and not so hard on yourself in comparison to the days where you only have 30% because there's probably a reason why you got down to 30% because the 90% day person doesn't feel in rest and grace for themselves to use those 30 days to allow for recharge because if you run a... (laughs) A cell phone for multiple hours without a stop. That battery is going to ping at you and say it needs to be charged. And you're not going to tell it, hey, pick yourself up. No, you're going to plug it into the charger so you can keep using it. Our bodies are the same way and so are our minds. So we need to be kind to them and allow them the opportunity to recharge so they can continue to work for us. 
And so that's what I'm going to try to do. Find more ways to rest and recharge on my low days. So when I'm having a great day, I can bust out everything that I want to get done without overworking myself. And then sometimes still be cheeky with myself on those good days. Like last Sunday, we had some family over and I cooked a home-cooked dinner and even made dessert because I was testing out a recipe for Thanksgiving. And I was like, dang, I really made up for not doing a whole lot that last week. While I was sick, no one expected me to do that much while you while I was sick. I wouldn't expect anyone else to either, yet I felt guilty that I hadn't kept the house clean because I was home from work that day. I was home from work that day because I was sick, yet I set these unrealistic expectations. So short-term goals are more realistic expectations, and by realistic I mean the same expectations I'd have for my best friend or my spouse are the most I can expect of myself because I don't know about anyone else, but I've set ungodly (laughs) expectations for myself and then am let down and frustrated with myself when I can't meet them, even though they were never attainable or if they were, it would require so much as if I had no job (laughs) and unlimited hours and energy. So just be kinder to myself. And then the other, build in breaks. Because if I don't build in breaks, my body will shut it down and I will have to take a break. And that's what I encourage you to do as well. Evaluate your own expectations and see if you are setting those unreachable expectations. And if so, say, would I ask this of my favorite person? Would I would I judge them if they couldn't accomplish certain things? And if the answer is, well, no, then why are you doing it of yourself? You should also list yourself as one of your favorite people. And I know that is a lofty request because that is one I struggle with too. But that I found is a huge part of it. It is very hard to teach others and show others how you need and want to be loved if you necessarily don't love yourself as well. So that's, I guess, another goal. That's an overarching goal um, beyond just this episode. And this one was kind of disjointed and messy, but so is life. And I Thank you for being here on episode three. Um, I can't promise these episodes will ever be organized or succinct because that's not necessarily how my brain works. And I'd rather these quote unquote conversations be authentic and organic as if I were talking to a friend. I guess, like I said, you're your first friend. So, hi friends. Thanks for still being here, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And thanks for sticking around. (laughs) These episodes are a little bit of a mini therapy session. A little bit of a searching 
lighthouse beacon for community, maybe an opportunity for someone else to stumble upon this and not feel so alone or confused. And a way to find a little bit of maybe purpose or outlet for all the jumbled thoughts and mess that is inside my brain because burnout is real (laughs) which leads me into talking about next episode which will subsequently be coming out this week as well um it's gonna be titled finding my why and we're gonna be talking about burnout looking for purpose may be too lofty of a goal but um your why of what you're doing, why you're doing what you're doing, whether that is at work, life, at home. Uh, I feel like when you have your why, it's a lot easier to accomplish goals and work through struggles when you hit them. When you don't have a why, you feel those stumbles and those hardships a lot deeper. And so that's what this next episode is going to be about. So I hope uh, you didn't hate this episode. I guess that's the goal for this one. Um, maybe took something that resonated with you and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for hanging out with me, friends. Bye.